We're super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. They're more than meets the eye, but also therefore the athletes. Do you run? Do you golf? Do you train? You want to look like your favorite athlete? Guys like Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, Aaron Jones, the backbone of my dynasty team, Justin Jefferson. Well, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today personally i love the holbrook sunglasses just a very classic look and comfortable fit for wearing around town every single day and Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do. So head over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday sunglasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It is free agency day. That's right. Free agency kicks off today, 6 o'clock Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific. Today's show, we're going to get you ready for it. Today's free agency primer is going to break down everything you need to know about the Lakers, what they can do, what they can't do today in free agency. We're about to see the next iteration of the Lakers come together. An exciting time. They could be pursuing a number of different players. And I think we're going to have a busy day even before free agency begins. I think we're going to start hearing little rumors here and there, kind of like yesterday. Yesterday was actually an extremely busy day around the NBA, including some big things going on, like James Harden with another trade request. That's like three teams in a row that he's requested trades from. But nonetheless, big stuff going on around the league, and then big news for the Lakers as well when we hear about their free agent targets and some of the moves that they've made. So I do think we're going to get a busy day, and all of that leads into me prefacing our free agency primer by saying the NBA free agent market, it's extremely fluid. Things are shifting all the time. So there's a decent chance that by the time you are watching this over on the YouTube channel or listening to this over on our Apple podcast feed, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, well, there's a decent chance that some of the information that we've gone over has shifted, that things have changed. That's just the nature of the beast. It's the way it goes, and we will have to react as things happen. Speaking of the video side and the audio side of this show, Do me a favor, make sure you subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on notifications as well. I'm going to put out new video content with every signing the Lakers make, all the different moves. We're going to cover them. So make sure that you do subscribe and turn on notifications. And do me a favor, hit that like button on this video right now. I almost knocked my microphone out trying to hit that like button right there. Um, On the podcast side. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe. In fact, do both things. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast feed as well. Always uh, like getting those five-star ratings and review over on Apple Podcasts as well. Certainly do appreciate them. Great way to help out the show. All right, let's do it. Let's get into this. What are the Lakers going to do in free agency? What should we really be watching for and what do we need to know? So first and foremost, the Lakers will have a full mid-level exception to spend. Now, the reason for that is because yesterday they decided to waive Mo Bamba, who had a non-guaranteed $10.3 million deal with the Lakers for next season, and 
declined the team option on Malik Beasley, who had a 16.5 million team option for next season. Now, there is a difference between a team option and a non-guaranteed deal. There's a number of them, but for the Lakers' purposes, the most important piece, the Lakers will still have bird rights on Malik Beasley. They will not have bird rights on Mo Bamba, but what they can do is still offer Mo Bamba, say, a better minimum, maybe part of the biannual exception, something like that. Malik Beasley, though, they could actually uh, sign him to whatever kind of contract they want using his bird rights. So just because the Lakers waived those two guys doesn't necessarily mean that their time is up in purple and gold. Now, of course, they can listen to other teams. They can go do whatever they want. They're free agents at this point. So that's the risk here, but the Lakers could potentially free up the mid-level exception and keep Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba. We'll see if they actually are able to pull that off or if that even winds up being their goal. But nonetheless, because they made those decisions, that means that the Lakers should have access to the full $12.4 million mid-level exception. They also should have access to a biannual exception, which is going to be about $4.5 million or so. Now, whether or not they get to use both, and this is a rare situation where you can actually use both exceptions at the same time. Like veteran minimums you can use alongside other exceptions, but like the taxpayer mid-level, you can't use with a full mid-level or a biannual or a room exception. You can't use it with any of the other ones. The room exception, you can't use with the mid-level exception, right? But the mid-level exception and the biannual ex exception, they actually go together. You get to use both of them. If you have room, remember, using a mid-level exception, which is now the path the Lakers have put themselves on, they have given themselves an opportunity to use that mid-level exception and that $12.4 million. What that's going to do is trigger a hard cap for the Lakers at about $172 million. That means the Lakers cannot cross over that line. So when we're looking at the salaries the Lakers add, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, when they're adding players, Maybe Bruce Brown, fingers crossed. Maybe Brooke Lopez, right? When we're looking at their salary cap total, that's the number we're going to have to remember, assuming they do use their full mid-level. So who are they going to spend that on? That instantly becomes the highest card in the Lakers' hand in terms of adding impact players to this roster. Um, unfortunately, there are not many impact players out there in free agency. This is a very, very thin free agent class. So... Let's take a quick peek. Who is it that the Lakers could add in free agency? Let's take a look. I've got, uh, we'll go that way. Okay, I've got uh, Spot Track, their free agent tracker. Uh, I'm showing you the point guard position right now. The problem is you're looking for a very specific kind of player to make the mid level exception $12.4 million. And a guy like, say, Kyrie Irving, who's the top of the list here in point guards, it's not enough to get him, not nearly enough. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. Not enough to get him. D'Angelo Russell. That would be enough, <laughs> but uh, that would be enough for the Lakers' perspective anyway, but probably not enough to realistically get him, but the Lakers aren't going to have to use an exception to sign him anyway. Patrick Beverly. You're not good enough. You're not giving him the mid-level. Russell Westbrook. We all know why that's not happening. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. I like Dennis, and we'll talk a bit more about him on this show, but probably not going to get the full mid-level. Gabe Vincent. Maybe, maybe he's good enough, but he's probably going to return to Miami for everything we've heard. Javon Carter, probably not a guy that you're going to give the full mid-level to. So there's just not, that's just the point guards, but there's just not that many guys that you look at on this market and say they're worth the full mid-level. Now, there are some exceptions. So what are we hoping for here? Uh, Bruce Brown is at the top of the shooting guard list right now on Track. 
He's the the main player that's been rumored to join the Lakers on this mid-level exception. However, as I said, free agent market, it's very fluid. Uh, earlier on, well, last night, we heard that Indiana, according to Mark Stein, is now getting involved in the Bruce Brown situation and could be pursuing him. Indiana had long been thought to be a landing spot for Max Struess, and they could still be. But Indiana has cap room to spend. And why that is potentially a problem for the Lakers is because they can offer more than the mid-level. The most the Lakers can offer is the mid-level exception. But nonetheless, Bruce Brown will be a target for the Lakers. Austin Reeves is number two on the list. They don't have to burn the mid-level to bring him back. Karis LeVert, is he really a fit? Eh, Malik Beasley, you just cut him. You're not going to give him the full mid-level. Dante DiVincenzo is another guy who I could see getting close to, if not all of the mid-level exception. Josh Richardson could be in that category as well. And then we get into some other guys who are interesting targets, but probably not getting the full mid-level. When we talk about Seth Curry, you look at uh, you know Lonnie Walker, players like that. So not a lot at the two-guard position. Looking at small forward, it's really thin. Dylan Brooks, that's probably not happening. After that, maybe Kelly Oubre Jr., somebody like that, Tori Craig, Yuta Watanabe, who we'll talk about in just a bit as well. Power forward, again, not a lot. George Niang, maybe. Trey Lyles, yeah, but again, these aren't full mid-level guys that I'm talking about here. Grant Williams is going to make too much. P.J. Washington is restricted, uh, like Grant Williams. He also probably makes too much. Jeremy Grant makes too much. Draymond Green makes too much. So that sweet spot player, there's not a lot of them here on the market. And then finish things off looking at center. Brooke Lopez, wouldn't he be a great fit? Jakob Pertl, probably going to get paid more by the Raptors. Christian Wood, maybe, if that's the piece you really want. Mason Plumley. It'll be a lot to give him, but I mean, there's just there's not a lot here on the market. That's the bottom line. So who do they spend it on? Um, ideally, they'd like to spend this mid-level exception on Bruce Brown. Brooke Lopez is a name that's been brought up as well. Um, I think Brooke, if if I had to choose between the two, I would take Brooke Lopez. I think he's a near perfect fit next to Anthony Davis with his ability to protect the rim and shoot the three. Uh, question mark certainly about his age. He's 35 years old, but if you were to do a two mirror deal, if you would do it great, I wouldn't even really be mentioning him seriously though, if it weren't for him coming up in some, some articles today, because I mean, looking at the market, there's not a lot of centers out there. There's, uh, a precedent here where Nikola Vucevic just got $60 million over three years. Nas Reed got $42 million over three years. Both those numbers are more than the Lakers can pay with their mid-level exception. And Brooke Lopez was a defensive player of the year candidate last year. He should get more than that MLE, but yet he came up linked to the Lakers. So if they could get him, he'd be fantastic. But again, the Lakers, if Bruce Brown goes to Indiana and Brooke Lopez does not pick the Lakers, well, that could put them in a tricky spot. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, are you okay with spending it on him? I don't know. That's the problem. That's one of the issues to watch for the Lakers here. When the buzzer sounds, free agency starts, do they get their guy? It could happen immediately. It could take a day. It could take two days, three days, whatever. Do they get Brooke Lopez? Do they get Bruce Brown? Either one of those guys. Do they get, say, Dante DiVincenzo? Those are the guys you probably feel best about giving the full mid-level exception to and that you look at as really game changers for your team. So if the Lakers don't get them, what do they do? Well, Dave McMenamin of ESPN uh, mentioned in the article where he mentioned Bruce Brown and Brooke Lopez as potential targets. 
mentioned that another thing the Lakers could do is they could take the mid-level exception and split it up. And they could split it up into a few different players that you could target. And McMenamin specifically mentioned Dennis Schroeder and Eric Gordon splitting the mid-level between those two players. Now, I like Dennis Schroeder. I would like to see him back with the Lakers, but that's probably not an ideal situation to because by trading away or by declining to have Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley on their deals for next season, what you've done if you're the Lakers is, yes, you've opened up the mid-level exception, but if all you wind up using that on is Dennis Schroeder and Eric Gordon, there is an opportunity cost here. Had the Lakers kept Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley on those deals, then not only do they have those two players who both of them could have bounce backs next season, we don't know, but you also have $27 million then in expiring contracts that you can put into a deal. And we've seen around the NBA this offseason that expiring contracts can be pretty valuable. So that would have been something that they passed up on. And if they don't land Bruce Brown as a result, if they don't land Brooke Lopez, well, that's going to sting a little bit. Your ideal situation is you get Bruce Brown and then you get Dennis Schroeder on a biannual exception and Eric Gordon on a veteran minimum or something like that. If you're going to have those two players on the roster, I don't have a problem with those guys as targets. I just don't think you want to spend the bulk of your, your buying power on those guys. You'd rather get them on some cheaper deals. That's certainly the preferred option and save that mid-level exception for kind of the more, I don't even want to say big fish, but kind of the, the mid-tier fish, right? Rotation level player that you're going to add in, in, in a player like Bruce Brown, perhaps, or Brooke Lopez. So that's the key. And then if they don't get either one of those guys, I think they do split up the, the mid-level, but who do they split it up on, right? Like if Dennis Schroeder gets a little bit of it, it's not ideal. We're going to be disappointed. But if he does, is it Dennis Schroeder and then a big? Do the guys they split it up on make sense? Okay, Could you split it between Mason Plumley and Dennis Schroeder? That's not a terrible way to use your mid-level exception. It certainly could be worse. I like that better than Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder potentially uh, teaming up there. So can they use that strategically to land specific players? Um, again, the mid-level is going to be really important. And I think what you ideally want to hear is that the Lakers have signed uh, one of their main targets. But all right, let's get on to the biannual. So the Lakers also have that biannual exception. And anywhere between that $4.5 million to veteran minimum targets of their, you're talking roughly about $2 million. Depends on how many years the players have played. But I tend to just look at a veteran minimum as right about $2 million. So that's where you're going to look to try to add some depth to the Lakers roster. Um, and there's going to be some interesting targets there. But if you hear a player is signed to like a two-year, $9 million deal, two-year, $10 million maybe, right? That doesn't necessarily have to mean they use the mid-level exception. That could potentially be the biannual exception coming into play that they use. That's something that's critical to listen for as these deals are being put out there so that you have an idea of what the Lakers have already spent and what they haven't. For example, if you hear that the Lakers um, are, I don't know, signing whatever player, let's pick a random player, let's say Dwight Powell. If you hear the Lakers are signing Dwight Powell to a three-year, $30 million deal, well, you know that's going to be right about $10 million per year. That's too much to be the biannual exception. That's, oh, we gave the mid-level exception or a big chunk of it to Dwight Powell. They wouldn't have much of it left. And then you would know in the future, as the, we're moving forward into free agency, that the Lakers, they don't have the money 
to go after like a Bruce Brown anymore. So helps us react to what's going on if we understand how much these guys are going to make. But there's a number of different targets they could look at. Speaking of which, here's the players that I've heard connected to the Lakers so far. Uh, Cam Reddish. There's just kind of a general sense that this is just going to happen. Cam Reddish is going to wind up with the Lakers. He's been connected to them for years. He's a clutch sports client. We thought the Lakers were going to, the Lakers uh, tried to trade for him, uh, not this past season, but the season before at the trade deadline didn't wind up going down, but Cam Reddish has been a target of theirs for a while. Again, clutch sports guy. I think he probably does ultimately wind up on the Lakers roster. I've also heard the names Yuto Watanabe, Mason Plumley, Dario Saric, uh, Bruce Brown, of course, all of these guys connected to the Lakers in some way. Now, obviously, you've got different levels you'd be willing to spend on these players, but those are some of the guys that the Lakers could be targeting. Not saying all of these guys are veteran minimums or anything like that, because they're certainly not. Um, some other things that we're, that we're hearing here in terms of what the Lakers are, are going to do, what the whole free agent market could look like for them. Pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal, and that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing, another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare, but buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time, you have some friends that want to go do something, grab tickets on game time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Um, on the Austin Reeves front, I still believe he's going to wind up coming back with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that's whether it's he signs a deal with another team or he just signs a deal directly with the Lakers. Remember, the Lakers are limited in what they can offer him. They can offer him a four-year deal at a little over $50 million. be about $53, $54 million they could offer him. Uh, but another team could come in and offer significantly more, all the way up to just over $100 million on a four-year deal. Now, the Lakers can match any offer. I think that they will. The question is going to be, is another team going to come in and make an offer to Austin? And everything I've heard from multiple people has been that if any team is going to do it, the team to keep an eye on, it's the San Antonio Spurs to be the team to potentially come in and give a big offer to Austin Reeves and force the Lakers to match that offer. It makes sense on a number of levels. Not only does San Antonio have cap space, not only would Austin be a great fit there, but San Antonio is also long known as a club that doesn't have a lot of admiration for the Lakers. That's for sure. So, would make sense if San Antonio says, hey, we've got all this cap space. Let's take a, an opportunity 
to kind of stick it to the Lakers. Now, for Austin himself, this would be great to get another team. Again, it seems like it'll probably be the Spurs to come in and give him a big offer. Let's face it. He's worth more than what the Lakers can actually offer him. And the reality is that if none of the cap space teams, and we'll talk about them in a minute, are able to or willing to give Austin a big offer, he's probably going to be stuck just having to take that smaller deal from the Lakers. Now, remember, whether or not, regardless of what he does, if he takes a deal from the Lakers or if he takes a deal from an opposing team that offers a bigger contract, um, Austin's first two years salary for the Lakers is going to be essentially the same. Right? Because of the arenas provision protecting the Lakers, it's going to be like a 12-ish million dollar contract for the first two years, regardless of whether it comes from the Lakers, assuming they do give that maximum that they can provide, uh, or another team. Now, what's different is if the offer comes from another team, let's say it's a $75 million offer uh, over four years, the first two years of that deal would be that $12 million. The final two years would jump way up. And that's something from the Lakers' perspective, I'm sure they would like to avoid having this balloon payment in year three and year four, where suddenly it goes way, way up. And so Austin's eating up more of the cap space. I still think the Lakers, Lakers re-sign him or match any offer. I don't think they're going to let him go, but that is probably a situation the Lakers would prefer to avoid. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. San Antonio Spurs as a potential team to come in and mess with the Lakers by signing Austin Reeves. And again, of course, Austin would be a great fit there. But this, they know he, they're, that uh, the Lakers probably aren't going to let him go. So they may take that opportunity to try to send a contract to Austin that at least might annoy the Lakers. Uh, as far as the timing on an Austin Reeves contract signing, I, I do not. It's, it's not going to come right away. It's just it's not. Uh, for a few reasons, but mostly because if even if the Lakers call up Austin and they say, hey, we'll give you the maximum that you can get, that we can give you, that four years, 53, 54-ish million, we're going to give you that. Uh, we'll let you decide, do you want a player option on the last year? Would you rather do a three-year deal? Whatever. They'll, they'll let them kind of dictate the terms. Even if they do that, it doesn't behoove Austin to immediately sign that contract. Why? Because you want to see how free agency plays out. The problem is because Restricted free agency, even though it's been whittled all the way down to 24 hours of a hold on your money, um, that's still 24 hours. And the way free agency moves in this league, that's a lot of time to have your money tied up. So if you are the Spurs and you offer Austin a contract, as soon as he accepts that contract, the clock starts ticking. And the Lakers have 24 hours to respond to that, to either say, yes, we're matching and Austin stays, or no, we're not, and Austin would go. Teams typically don't want to have their money tied up. And so they go through the unrestricted free agents first, then they get to the restricted guys later. And again, Austin's going to want to see how that market develops and see if there's a team that maybe has cap space and misses out on their first few targets and then says, you know what? You can't hurt us. We weren't able to spend the cap room that we've got. Let's just throw a big offer at Austin Reeves. So he's going to want to see how the market develops. Bottom line, don't expect the Austin Reeves situation to be resolved in the early going of free agency but do expect Austin to stay with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Bruce Brown. Uh, it's real. There's a real possibility here that the Lakers could get him, but there's a lot of teams that are interested in him. Again, the free agent market is extremely, extremely thin. So teams are going to be highly competitive, trying to get the top guys, and Bruce Brown is one of them. So there's no guarantees that the Lakers do walk away with him, but it does seem real, like the Lakers could really get Bruce Brown, again, from what I've heard. All right, 
let's talk a little bit about the Lakers and their own free agents. So what's going to happen here? And this is important because we know the Lakers want to bring just about everybody back. They want to try to bring back most of their roster from last year, hit the ground running in October when the season starts up. You don't have to spend as much time integrating the new faces and building chemistry and everything. You should have some carrying over from last year. So again, I fully expect Austin Reeves to stay with the Lakers. I don't see that going any other way. Um, I When I look at uh, Rui Hachimura, I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think Rui Hachimura is a guy who ultimately stays with uh, the Lakers. They have restricted rights on him. They can match any contract offer. And I think that is what's going to happen. The Lakers will match on Rui Hachimura and he will stay. How much is he going to get? Maybe something starting in the $15 million range per season. Just something to watch for. We'll see how that actually comes about. And that's one that maybe does go a little bit earlier because I do wonder if the Lakers just deal with Rui directly rather than making him go and get an offer from another team. They can give Rui more than they're allowed to give Austin Reeves. Um, so that's a factor there. But the other free agents that we look at on, on the Lakers, Rui and Austin, I think we've heard a lot of things about them staying. D'Angelo Russell, I think he stays. And this isn't just a, I think D'Lo is a good fit thing. And I do think D'Lo is a good fit. But this is about D'Angelo Russell and the market. You look at the free agent market. Again, there's not many point guards out there. So if you want a player who's going to somehow improve your roster, that needs that player needs to be better than D'Angelo Russell. I don't see that guy out there on the market. I think Fred Van Vliet's going to go to the Houston Rockets. I think he's going to get, get a big offer there. Kyrie Irving, not realistically available. So it's probably going to be D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers. On top of that, not only is the market thin for the Lakers, the market of suitors, I think, is also very thin for D'Angelo Russell. Look, uh, Jordan Clarkson yesterday decided to opt in to his player option for next season with Utah Jazz. That was surprising. And the fact that Clarkson opted in tells you that yeah, the market's probably pretty weak. Otherwise, he'd rather do something long-term. Now, he may do an extension with the Utah Jazz. That's something that's out there. But uh, nonetheless, if this was a really robust market, Jordan Clarkson is probably opting out of that deal. And I would have to think the Clarkson's market, they're different players, but it's probably not all that far off from the market for a guy like D'Angelo Russell. So I don't think it's going to be a very robust market for D'Lo, and that could allow the Lakers to get a bargain. Now, they have to be careful, though, right? If you go too far, if you try to lowball D'Angelo Russell too much, that's going to create an animosity. Um, there's a point where he might just say, all right, forget it, and go sign to, for somebody else's mid-level exception if you try to lowball him too much. But maybe you can get D'Angelo Russell on a team-friendly contract because I don't think it's going to be a friendly market for the Lakers, uh, or for, for D'Angelo, but it's also not a market which features a lot of players to replace D'Angelo Russell, so the Lakers have to be careful with how they go about doing that. Uh, Troy Brown, heard nothing on what's going on with him. I don't know if he's going to be back. I think he wouldn't be a bad guy to bring back um, on a minimum deal, but we have not heard anything there. And again, if Cam Reddish, if that rumor does indeed come to fruition, would have to imagine Troy Brown would probably be on his way out. It's possible Troy Brown's on his way out anyway, just because Max Christie is uh, expected to take a jump next season and maybe be a rotation player. By the way, Max Christie today saying that he's now up to about 205 pounds. He looked like he'd put on muscle. Uh, he played last season at 190. So yeah, Max Christie, the kid's growing. The kid's growing. All right, other free agents. Wenyan Gabriel wouldn't surprise me if he returned, but have not heard anything specific on that. 
And I think the Lakers are going to look at some other options first before turning to him. When would again probably be wind up being like one of the last guys. Um, from there, Dennis. This is really the big one. Is is Dennis Schroeder well in Lonnie Walker? Tristan Thompson, real quick. I mean, the Lakers could bring him back, but again, that's kind of a break glass in case of emergency situation. Dennis Schroeder, the Lakers would like to bring him back. The Chicago Bulls also need a point guard, though. So he's already rumored to potentially be going to the Chicago Bulls. I've I can see paths and I've heard paths where Dennis could be gone, where the Lakers may even know already that he's probably on his way out the door. But I've also heard some conflicting things that would suggest that the Lakers really think they're going to keep him. Now, the ideal scenario, of course, would be to not have to give some of the mid-level exception to keep him. But Dennis Schroeder, nonetheless, will be one to keep an eye on. If the Lakers do wind up keeping D'Lo, you could have your same three-guard rotation from last year. How is that for consistency, right? You could have Austin, D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, and then you would have JHS, Jalen hood Shafino would be mixed in every now and then. That's probably the ideal situation for the Lakers. But again, will they really be able to keep him? Or does another team like maybe Chicago offer him a bit more than what the Lakers are willing to? And then off he goes. So no guarantee that Dennis Schroeder is back with the Lakers, but we do know it's going to be a goal of theirs to try, try to keep him around. We know he's a favorite of Darvin Ham. Uh, Lonnie Walker. The Lakers can give him up to $7.8 million. Now, I'm not really expecting them uh, to do that. I think that that may be a bit too much of a challenge under the hard cap. Now, and then again, that's assuming they use that mid-level exception. But I look at this Lakers roster, and I look at how, st how stacked it's starting to get at the guard position, particularly if you wind up adding Bruce Brown. And I wonder if there's going to be too much of a squeeze there for Lonnie Walker to come back. Remember, he's a free agent. This isn't restricted. If he sees another team that he thinks has a better path towards playing time, he may very well go there. But if the Lakers are going to attempt to keep Lonnie Walker, they can give him up to $7.8 million with the challenge being, can you make that fit under the hard cap? Okay, so those are the big topics around the Lakers and free agency. Again, we're looking at who are their own free agents? We're looking at their veteran minimum guys, potentially some targets there. What do they do? Do they have a biannual exception? And we look at who they can get with the mid-level exception. Now, let's close out the show with... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus some idealistic thinking, right? Some positive thoughts here. What do we want to see happen? Well, as I've said, number one, the mid-level exception, you want to see the Lakers use that to get one of their guys, Bruce Brown, Brooke Lopez. Those two are the ideal. However, however, also say one of the things that you need to pay attention to if you're the Lakers and if you're a Lakers fan, it's cap room around the NBA. Um, That's going to be really important. See, what's going to happen is the teams that have cap space, they've got the ability, of course, to pay more than what the Lakers can, and that can price them out. But what you want to see happen is that cap space get whittled away. So I'm going to post the, put up the list right now of what cap space looks like around the NBA. This is via spot uh, track. So starting with Houston, they've got a ton of money to spend. $60.5 million, the Indiana Pacers, about $32 million. $37 million for the San Antonio Spurs. The Detroit Pistons have $27, uh, $22 for the Orlando Magic. The Utah Jazz uh, are about $25, though, again, as you update that, I don't know if that's including Clarkson's figure there or not. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, $16.6 million. So if you're the Lakers, what do you want to have happen is that money to get chipped away at without taking any of your main targets off the board. So, for example, if the Houston Rockets spend all their cap space on Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, that's great. The Houston Rockets aren't a landing spot for Austin Reeves at that point. The Houston Rockets can't come in and throw a big one-year offer at Bruce Brown. All of that. The Indiana Pacers, what you'd like to see them do, preferably, is spend most of their cap space on, say, Max Struess for the Miami Heat. Probably going to cost more than what the Lakers can afford, Max Struess. So if he goes to Indiana and he takes up, say, $18 million or something of their of their cap space, that could be a good thing to help the Lakers potentially land Bruce Brown. Again, you want these cap space teams to come off the board. San Antonio already talked about them being a potential landing spot for Austin Reeves or probably being, if there's going to be any of these teams, any of these cap space teams that throw a big money offer at Austin, it's going to be San Antonio. So what you'd like to see is San Antonio does something with that $37 million in cap space. Spend a big chunk of it on, I don't know, go bring Yaka Pirtle back to San Antonio or something like that. You don't want to see them have too much space because, again, they can go after some of the same free agents the Lakers would want. So bottom line, the Lakers, you want to see this cap space get eaten up. The other thing that's going to do is there's a number of teams that are going to have enough space to use the full mid-level exception. And there's still some players out there that are maybe above a mid-level exception caliber player, but the money is all dried up, 
Well, that's where the Lakers, once the playing field is leveled and the Lakers are competing against mostly other teams that also just have the mid-level exception to offer, that's where perhaps the Lakers becomes an even more attractive option and you can get somebody that you weren't expecting to be there. Like, for example, what if none of the cap space teams decide they want to spend any money on Dante DiVincenzo? Is he a guy who, in theory, could get like $15 million per season? Sure, could happen. But if none of the cap space teams are interested in him, does that then push him to take a mid-level exception offer? And maybe the Lakers are an attractive option. The same concept applies to D'Angelo Russell, right? In free agency. What if none of the cap space teams are interested in D'Lo? Well, then his options are the Lakers or a mid-level exception from some other team. And that's where the Lakers can be at an advantage. Again, because they can actually go over the cap to keep D'Angelo Russell. But same concept. What you want to see is the money dry up on players that the Lakers are not expected to target. Now, another thing that, that if you are a Lakers fan, you should want to see happen, it would be the biannual exception being used uh, to bring back a player that's a little bit better than that. Like a Dennis Schroeder could be a great fit on the biannual exception. The Lakers could use a big. If you could somehow get Mason Plumley for that, that would be a tremendous value. Again, depends on who you ultimately get with the mid-level exception. For example, if you get Brooke Lopez, make a lot of sense to spend your biannual exception on Dennis Schroeder. If you happen to get Bruce Brown, might make some more sense to spend your mid-level on a guy like a Mason Plumley, a big, something like that. So well, the other thing you need to look at is that biannual annual exception. Are they able to use it? And that's going to take uh, some lower contracts from guys like D'Angelo Russell, like Rui Hachimura. They're going to have the ability to use that full mid-level, but in order to use that biannual, which could wind up being fairly important, that $4.5 million, you're going to need these contracts not to come in too high that they push you too close to the hard cap to use the biannual exception. So again, the biannual, can the Lakers find the right pieces with it? And we're going to be watching to see, assuming D'Angelo Russell signs with the Lakers, what does that contract look like? What is the starting salary on it? If it's 25, 28 million, something like that, things could get dicey very quickly. If it's what some people have been saying, particularly given the market, 20 million, 18 million, 17 million, something like that, that's going to give the Lakers more breathing room. Same thing being true for Rui Hachimura. So the biannual exception, is it available? And especially that's going to matter when we look at uh, the contracts of some of these guys that the Lakers are certain to be signing. Uh, Delo's case, at least very likely to be signing or bringing back into the fold. Another thing that we want to see happen is these deals come together with a sense of purpose, with a sense of a plan being in place. Um, that was one of the things that we saw in the championship season, right? When Kawhi Leonard told the Lakers no, and that was back in the summer of uh, 2019, when that happened and the Lakers said, okay, our plans for getting a big three are gone, there was very clearly a backup plan that fell into place very, very quickly with guys like Danny Green joining in. They bring in DeMarcus Cousins, on and on, and off you go. And you ultimately won a championship. You'd like to see things play out that way. When you look at like the veteran minimum, you look at the biannual, you look at the mid-level, you want to get a sense that Rob Palenka and the Lakers front office, they have a plan and aren't just kind of flying by the seat of their pants at this point. There's a clear objective here and they're getting a certain kind of player. Now, they've already told us that the kind of players that they want are selfless, tough players who are defensive-minded. So are they able to find those players? And then what does that mean per position? Who are they able to get? Can they get somebody like a Javon Carter at point guard? Can you go get Bruce Brown to play on the wing? Could you get uh, another player like maybe a Dante DiVincenzo or someone like that? What about 
Brook Lopez? Can you land him at the center position? Can you find players that fit the mold you're talking about at each position and have enough of a cohesive plan to where you can look at it and say, yes, that roster makes sense. Unfortunately, last year, the Lakers went into the season with a roster that made no sense. That included Russell Westbrook, and it was just kind of a mess. There were way too many guards. You'd like to see a balanced, cohesive roster right out of the gate in free agency. Now, some of the players are going to take a little bit in order to finally come to terms on their on their deals. I'm not expecting it all just to be done uh, one night or even in the first couple of days. It may take a little bit of time, but you want to see a cohesive plan come together to put together a distinct and I think legitimate roster. Last thing I'll say is this, you know, what I'm hoping most for from the Lakers is positionally, I'd really like to see them get another big. I'd really like to see them have the option to play Anthony Davis at the four at times. He doesn't have to do it all the time, but at times it's not going to be easy on this market, but I think it's the thing I'm hoping for the most is that the Lakers are able to get a big of such quality that AD either just gets pushed to the four like he would if Brooke Lopez joined the team, or even if it's just a rotation big, that it gives Anthony Davis the opportunity to play the power forward much more often this season. So that's really my biggest thing that I'm hoping for. And again, that would put us down a path to get Brooke Lopez if that's ultimately in the cards for the Lakers. But that's what I'm hoping for, in addition to all the other stuff that I went over already. Well, I think that's about it. There's a lot. It was a lot, but there's also a lot going on in free agency right now. It's one of my favorite moments of the year. This is a great time in the NBA. Lots of activity, lots of action. And we'll see what next year's Los Angeles Lakers are going to look like over the next few days. Yeah, that roster, it's going to be built. And then we'll go to Summer League and we'll get to watch some of the new players. And off we go. This is going to be a very exciting next few weeks for the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, make sure you are subscribing to the YouTube channel. Follow us over on the podcast feed as well to stay in the know on everything going on around free agency. Last thing, I will be going live uh, today. I'll be doing that at 2 o'clock Pacific time. So that's an hour before free agency officially starts. So you can join me right here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and hang out with us. We'll talk through everything, talk through what the Lakers are up to. And we may see the first few deals come down once free agency starts. I hope to see you there for that. Till then, everybody, stay safe and see ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.